Amen. If you have your Bibles, open up to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. And uh, as Sean said, we've been ministering in the area of a limitless God. And I really wish, and it's my prayer for each and every one of you, that this would go off on the inside of you, that you have been saved and brought into life and relationship with a limitless God. There is no limit to the God you love, the God you serve, and the God who dwells on the inside of you. Young people this morning testify of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen listen to that statement, that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And so being filled with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Ghost, the life of God, God in you. And God, God cannot put himself in measure. I don't know if, 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 we, if, it, if we ever get this, God cannot just put a portion of his spirit in a cup and say, here, you get a quarter cup of me. And see, it's hard for us to understand because even sometimes when we, when we talk about God, it's always in terms of measurement. That, uh, uh, Romans chapter uh, 12 says that God has given to every man the measure of faith. And people are going like, well, you got a bigger scoop than I did. No. God only has one measure, all of himself. Amen. And when you think about that, think about it. he gives you the faith to get saved. He gives you the grace to get saved. He gives you his life. I mean, everything he provides, if we would just agree that a limitless God has saved us and made all of himself and all that he has available to us, it would be amazing what we would see God do through our life. And when you read history, when you read uh, the account of church history and great men and women of God and their exploits, it always happens when people take the limits off of God and believe that God desired to do great things through their life. Amen? So Acts chapter 8, and uh, we're going to skip down for time's sake here in this service. And uh, if you'd like the full version, you're going to get the Reader's Digest condensed version. These are the cliff notes on the actual message. And, uh, but you can get a CD from first service and that. But Acts chapter 8 and beginning in verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized, just like we saw this morning. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Verse 14, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter to John, 
Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you in these next few moments that you will come by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, enable us to take the limits off of our thinking, of our faith, of any area, any restriction that we've allowed to be imposed or have come into agreement with. Father, we cast those thoughts down today in Jesus' name. We thank you that you are our limitless God and you have opened limitless doors to possibilities for each and every one of our lives. Help us to have the faith of Philip to believe that if we step out, you will do great things through our lives. In Jesus' name, name somebody said amen Amen. look at the cover of your outline and I'm going to go through this fairly quickly for this service but I just want to say this to you again once we understand that God is a limitless God the question comes what are we going to do with him how glory to God he's limitless yes amen pastor that's awesome I'm going to go home and think small Live small, be small, everything. No, wait a minute, we serve a big God, amen? And uh, years ago in in 1981 when I graduated from Bible school, I I called up to get my credentials and they said, son, we're sorry, but uh, because of your past, we're not able to credential you through our organization at this time. And uh, so, you know what, after, I could have got discouraged. Because here I am, I'm just a concrete finisher. I get saved and construction guy. I don't have really any education. I'm just going to go to Bible school, you know. And I just feel this urge and this, this moving in me to serve God. And so I go through two years of Bible school and uh, get through this. And, and we, we did a full, it was a full two-year course. And so we did uh, three classes a night, three nights a week. And uh, doing this, thing, it was crazy. And then working full-time at the same time. And so then I, grabbed, then I get told I can't be used. I go, man, that. But when he said that on the phone, when the person said that on the phone, I said, wow, that's all right. I think I'll just serve God anyway and see what happens. Amen. And uh, what I'm saying is that sometimes even when you're pursuing God, there, there'll be a voice that sounds like a shut door, that, 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 that sounds like, you know, there's no opportunity. And so you can shrink down and think in a limited mindset or else you can just keep the limits off and say, God, I think I'll serve you anyway and see what you had in mind. Amen. And what was awesome, I hadn't graduated yet. And then the night I graduated, a pastor walked up on the platform on my graduation night and said, Hey, uh, we'd like for you and Sue to come be our associate pastors and run our Christian school. I said, the associate part, I said, I faked it through high school. I don't know about running a school. But I mean, God opened the door. And amazing. So next thing you know, people said they couldn't use us. I said, I think I'll serve God and see what happened. And the night you graduate, somebody says, won't you come be our associate and, and, and run our school? And so God opened the door to Bernie, California. We've been off and running ever since. Amen? But you have, to, you have to refuse to allow limits to be placed upon your life. You have to choose to live limitless with God. There's still a need for a man with a message to reach and touch a city. Philip was just such a man. He had a message that came from heaven, a heart that had been changed by God, and a faith that moved with obedience. 
Hear me this morning. The heartbeat of God for this world will never change. It is to reach the lost with the good news of the gospel of Christ, to teach them and raise them up as disciples with his word, equipping them to live the life Christ died for them to live, and then sending them out into the harvest to keep the cycle going until he returns. Church history will tell you this. We live in a cycle with God. We are evangelized, we're discipled, and we're sent out to reap the harvest. And we just live in that cycle of evangelism and discipleship and ministry. I'm excited about this next generation. We lived our whole life. When you get old, you want to pass a baton to the next generation. What are they going to do? They're going to evangelize their generation. They're going to disciple them, and then they're going to go out and reap the harvest. And this thing's going to go. And then one day, the Lord's going to go home, and we get to go, woo-hoo! Amen? He returns, and we get to go home to be with the Lord. But until then, the cycle continues. There's never a shortage of opportunities to be used by God if we're willing to go into the harvest field. Too many times we put limits on how God uses us. Many people think, oh, I'm going to be used by God. God's going to open a door within the four walls of the church, and I'm going to do great things for God within the four walls of the church. Why would you shrink God down to fit in a box? Why shrink his opportunity down to just what's inside the four walls of a building? There is a limitless world of opportunity. There are hurting people all around you. This Saturday, there's going to be 500 children with their parents and their family. There is a limitless opportunity to be used by God if we'll just step out. Think about it. There's no limit to what a limitless God will do through our lives when we go. All it takes is faith and the Holy Spirit. Look inside your outline if you would. Think about the woman at the well and Philip. Both had cities on the inside of them. I wonder if the woman at the well thought today, after I go get my water, I think I'll evangelize my city. No, she was gathering water in the afternoon because there were people who continually scrutinized her life and found fault with her life. And it was easier to gather water in the heat of the day than under the glazing eyes of their accusation over her life. And so she gathered her water in the heat of the day. And there she comes into a counter with Jesus. And by the time Jesus gets done ministering to her, restoring her true identity, giving her back her value, he gave her a new direction. And she goes back into that city. And what she do? She reaches a city. A woman at a well had a city on the inside of her. And God knew. He just took the limits off of her life. Life and failure and heartache and rejection had shrunk her life down to, to just a miserable but then one encounter with the limitless God changed her life and turned her around and she reached the whole city for God. I wonder what God sees on the inside of you. What is inside of you? Philip. Who was Philip? Who was Philip? He's attending church. They're in Jerusalem. Their church is growing. They have a food closet and they're feeding the widows and the orphans and people are getting upset because their family and their friends aren't getting enough food and they're arguing and fighting over free stuff. Aren't we awesome? That's my free stuff. Get out of the way. That's my free stuff. Gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is... I, I can't finish that because somebody in here might be named that. Amen. Anyway... So anyway, we, we just, we're consumers and we're taking, and so the, the apostles go, hey, you know what we have to do? We'll fix this. Give us seven men full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost and with wisdom, and we'll put them over the food closet. So Philip is set over the food closet. It took faith in the Holy Ghost to minister to people and give away food. You'll find that still true today. 
Amen. You start helping people, you're going to need a lot of faith. You're going to need to be filled with the Holy Ghost to maintain your peace. Somebody shout amen. Just to stay in peace, stay not. God bless you. That's not. This is free. You didn't pay nothing for this. God bless you. Amen. Are you listening to me this morning? And so who's Philip? That's who he is. He's running the food closet. There he is ministering to everybody. And then the next thing you know, persecution comes, and he's scattered out. And he finds himself in Samaria. And so now the guy who ran the food closet says, hey, seeing how I'm here, I think I'll just tell people what great things God has done in my life. Pretty soon he's preaching. The next thing you know, there's somebody that's sick laying there. And he goes, hey, Jesus said we could heal the sick. Goes up and prays for that person. That person gets healed. Somebody else hears about it. They bring him a lame person. Next thing you know, the lame are being healed. Next thing you know, somebody says, hey, my, my child's demon possessed. There was a whole line of parents with their hands up. Said, that's me too. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, next thing you know, he's casting demons out of everybody. People are getting delivered. They're getting set free. And next thing you know, the crowd is growing because one man who ran the food closet took the limits off of God in his life. And believe that God would use him to do great things. Think about that. My question again is what's inside of you? Hear me. God has always has and always will call and use men and women to reach people with the power of his love. You're the only answer God has for the hurting people in our community. The answer for El Dorado County sitting right in this room. It's every man, woman, and child in here that God will take the limits off your life. If you'll believe God by faith and allow the Holy Spirit to work with you. There's no limit what God will do through your life. All God needs is people of good reputation, full of the Holy Ghost and spirit of wisdom. It's a simple qualification that are within the grasp of all. That's what I found out. I didn't have to have a college education. I just had to say, hey, I think I'll serve God and see what happens. And every place, every step of my life, every time transition, Tim's got a great book on transition. You should read it. But every step of my life, I think, God, this door's closing. Next thing you know, somebody just pop in and go, hey, you ever thought about doing this or doing that? Hey, man, I'll tell you this story real quick. I'll interject it here. i got two minutes to do it. Think about this. I'm serving there at Bernie. That lasted two, uh, about a year and a half, just barely two years. And so a new pastor came in that we were under. And after being there about four weeks, he took me out to coffee on a Wednesday morning. And he says, son, I need to talk to you. So we go across the street, this little cafe. He goes, hey, have you ever thought about going into some of these outlying areas where there's never been a Pentecostal work? I said, no, I've never had that thought. He looked at me, he goes, you should have that thought. I said, wow, are you trying to get rid of me? I'm very astute catch on quick. I have discernment. Amen. So I knew. (laughs) And so I said, wow, this guy just told me to hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. He just said, get out of here. I think that's weird. And and so we go on. Wednesday night was church night after church. A few people said, well, let's go get pie and coffee. We went to another restaurant because that one had a bad memory for me. (laughs) Amen. And so we go into the other, as we walk in, there were two families from Beaver, California, 45 miles east of Bernie, who would come down when the weather was nice, and they fellowship there at the church in Bernie. And so they're sitting there having dinner as we walk in. This is back in the day when everybody was brother and sister. Don't you miss those days? You didn't have to know anybody's name. God bless you, brother. Good to see you, sis. How are you doing this morning? God bless you. Amen. It was awesome. And so there we are, and we walk into the restaurant, and these two families go, Brother Pritchard, Brother Pritchard. So I go over, and I sit down, they go, Our pastor just left. You should come be our pastor. I said, Where at? Up in this area where there's never been a Pentecostal work. 
And that's, I mean, this guy was getting rid of him, but he was actually prophesying. Sometimes you think the person against you, God's speaking through them. I mean, so here he is. They, they go, come up here. So we go pastor a Baptist church where there had never been a Pentecostal work. That church had been there, and, and God used it for six years. We had a blow-up of the Holy Ghost. It's awesome. Amen. But if you just say, God, I think I'll see what you'll do through my life. And God takes the limits off. And then I told Sue, I said, honey, we're going to Beaver. She said, God will have to speak to me in an audible voice. <laughs> I never heard it, but she went, so I figure he did. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So what about this, the message? Come on, you don't have to make things up when you can preach the greatest message the world has ever known. Could you say amen? You never have to debate fact or fiction when you have a message that can change lives with its truth and power. There's never a want for an audience when you have a message like this. The message is more than a story. It's a life-changing, delivering truth. Come on, your Bible wasn't written just for story. It's written to inspire you to rise up and say, hey, if God did it through men, if God could use the guy who was over the food closet to reach a city, I wonder what God would want to do through my life. If God could meet a woman at a well and heal her brokenness and her hurt and her pain and then reach a city through her, I wonder what God would do through my life. Take the limits off. Somebody say that, take the limits off. Amen, think about it. The truth of the message is backed by the power of God. Think about it. God sent His Son, the Christ, the Anointed One, sent from heaven to save, heal, and deliver His creation. What about the city? It's a city in Samaria. No different than where you and I live. Where do you live? You live in a place where there's hurting people all around you. It's just a need. Every place needs the gospel. There's no special distinction is made about this city. There is no great need here that demands Philip's attention. As a result of persecution that had come upon the church, Philip found himself in that city and he was pushed out into the harvest. Sometimes it takes a little disturbance around you to push you out into the harvest. What happened? The church at Jerusalem had grown. They had gotten comfortable. It was increasing. Everything being met. And the Lord said, hey, this is way too comfortable. And so he pushed out everybody. And they found themselves in a new place, in new terrain. Sometimes I'm praying God makes you uncomfortable, push you out into the harvest. Amen. Glory to God. Nobody said thank you, but I'll keep praying anyway. Amen. So watch this. The city is the same. The city is the same as every city in the world. Hurting people live there. Do you know right around you where you live, there's hurting people, people in need, and sometimes we forget it's hurting people that receive the gospel. Sometimes we're so focused on reaching people that we love and we're emotionally connected to, but they're not ready to receive just yet. And we're walking by the hurting people that would receive him if we would just listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Unfortunately, I don't know about you, I, I had to lose everything to come to myself. Sometimes people, there's every now and then somebody gets saved and, and, and spares themselves. I get it. That's why we, what, people say, why do you have a Lord's Gym? Why, why do you get invo so much involved in youth and all these things? Because years ago, we decided we wanted to reach them before we had to rescue them. Why not reach a young person before you have to rescue them? I think it's awesome. I, I get excited when my grandkids are getting baptized at an early age and wanting to serve the Lord. I get excited when young ladies say, I've chosen, I made the choice at this age. I don't want to tell you what I was doing at their age. I wasn't making that choice. And so at 25, I had to be rescued. Are you listening to me? 
And so it's worth the investment to give into their lives. Think about it this morning. Wherever there are hurting people, there is a need for a man with a message of hope, healing, and power. All we needed was a creative way to touch the hurt or need in the lives of people. People say, why are you giving away backpack? Because it's a creative way. To touch the hurt in people's lives. What do they have? There's families around here that don't have enough. They can't make ends meet. Their children need school supply. And when you come alongside, think about that. Families are going to come to the gym on Saturday. They're going to be given a Jansport backpack. They're going to get a $50 backpack. Not, not, not chump change where the zipper falls off the third time you close it. Amen. But they're getting a Jansport backpack. They're getting it filled with school supplies, age appropriate for their age. And if they pre-registered, they're getting a brand new school outfit, getting their hair cut, walking in with some dignity. Are you listening to me? Amen. And so how many know when you minister to somebody, when you follow the pattern of Jesus, what did Jesus do? He would minister to people. Even when he sent his disciples out, he said, hey, I give you power and authority. Go minister to their needs. And after you minister to their need, tell them the kingdom has come to you. This Saturday, you'll have the opportunity to tell people. They'll say, why are you doing that? Because the kingdom of God has come to you. A limitless God wants you to know his limitless love for you. And you'll lead people to the Lord because of a backpack. Amen? Excuse me. Woo! I get excited for you. Some, some of you need prayer for your excitement level is just messed up. Amen. You got to need a healing in your exciter button. Amen. Amen. Some of it fell all the way to your belly button and you don't think you should push it. Bring that thing back up where it belongs. Glory to God. Amen. Think about it. People are always looking to answers. People are always looking for answers to their needs. And they will even follow and give heed to sorcery and magic when there is no truth. I shared in first of when we were in Haiti, I got mad. Because we went to help this pastor. And, 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 and we went, it's his village, it's his church over his little village area there. And so we go and we pray with him. We get his permission to go into the village and talk to people about Christ. And so we're going. And he walks with this. And the first place he takes us is to the witch doctor's house. And I go, glory to God. I get to meet the witch doctor. Amen. And so we walk in. And uh, this is the witch doctor. Actually, he goes to the church. And then after church, he goes home, and people come to his house and pay him to stick chicken feet in chicken blood and, and do sorcery over their lives and do voodoo, do black magic and voodoo over their life. And the people of Haiti are bound in black magic. It, voodoo is a powerful force over Haiti. In fact, years ago, Haiti is repressed because the leader of Haiti made a pact with the devil. Read the history of Haiti. It'll blow your mind. And so, and so here's this witch doctor. And I'm supposed to go in there and be nice. And something's rising up on the inside of me. This is a Simon the Sorcerer. So I said, you, you go to church yet? Yeah. I said, you believe in God? You believe he's all powerful? Yeah. And so he's declaring everything about God. And I said, sir, you're a liar. And, and you're ripping God's people off because you're sitting there and, and you're telling them you're selling them something and you know what you're giving them is a lie and God gave me this word and I began confronting him and that's how I'm going to pray for you that God convict you and God shake you or take you out. I said it with a smile. Amen. And, and, and then afterwards, the, 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 the director goes, hey, we're usually not that confrontational. 
I said, this is a witch doctor going to church. We're going to take him out for sushi? No, this is a witch doctor going to church, lying to the people, casting spells over God's people, and it's taking play. I'm sorry. I, I just can't be polite. Are you listening to me? And yet, no, no, wait, wait, wait. But, but, and, 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 and that's what the young man said who was leading our tour. And, and so, and so I, t- I turned to Wilson, our, our, our young man from the guide there, and one of our other young men who's leading there. Both of these guys were delivered from voodoo. And I said, hey, Wilson, was that too hard? He said, no, Pastor, that was right on. I said, glory to God. <laughs> Amen. So look about it. Think about it. There's times where you have to take the limits off. You have to take the restraints off because Simon the sorcerer loves going to church. And people will buy into that stuff. They need somebody with the truth. What does it take? It takes someone to go out and preach it to them. Somebody say, take the limits off. Come on, God wants to use you. What's the result? Great joy came to that city because of a man with a message. The power of God is real. It was real in Philip's day, and it's real in our day. The truth of the message provides the power, and truth never changes. Could you say amen? That's why it says Jesus Christ. What? The same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. The kingdom of God is still being established, and the name of Jesus Christ still has the power to save, heal, and deliver. The results were that people were saved, body, soul, and spirit. They were set free, and freedom always produces joy. Amen? How about you? People say, why are you happy? I said, bless God, I'm a free man. Amen. What are you worried about? Absolutely nothing. What are you thinking about? Mostly nothing. Amen. I, I shared a couple last week that some of you have a hard time sleeping because you never turn your motor off. I mean, just think about all of you get in bed and keep thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow. It's not even here yet. Tell yourself to shut up. Go to sleep. What are you doing in bed? I'm laying here to be restless and wake up just worn out tomorrow. That's why I get in here. Hallelujah. Moving right along. Think about it. So what about today? I want to challenge you. You and I can be like Philip. We can experience the life-changing power of God's love for his creation. Philip was a man touched and changed by God with a passion to tell others that the God who had saved him could and would do the same for them. Do you know what? Philip couldn't carry a Bible. All the believers had in Jerusalem was maybe a copy of one of Paul's letters. Maybe, or or somebody else had written something down. But the Torah, the Old Testament, that they preached Christ out of, because Jesus said, "You, you have Moses and the prophets, they speak of me, the scriptures. Search the scriptures, they speak of me. But the Torah was kept in the synagogues, in the, in the temples, their houses of worship, their big scrolls. They're all handwritten now. So no, nobody had a pocket New Testament. No, nobody, you couldn't open the Bible. You, you, just had, you just had it in your heart. And, and you had a life, you, you'd had a life-changing experience with God. And you began to speak to others about how God had changed your life. And they, they, many times they probably didn't even quote scriptures, maybe paraphrase them some way or another, but they're just talking about what God had done in their life. Jesus said to the man at the tomb of Gadara, he says, Lord, I want to follow you. He just said, no, go back 
and tell everybody what great things God has done in your life. And this is what happened. He, he said, okay, and he took the limits off of what that meant. And, and, and that region is called the region of ten cities. And, and they ran Jesus out of town for setting this man free. They said, go away. You killed the pigs, everything else. You destroyed our economy. Get out, of our, get out of our country. Go away. But this one man goes back and begins telling everybody what great things God has done. And I've always thought about it like this. My mind thinks a little weird. I think about that, that a young man walked up looking nice. And he goes, hey, this is the way I would have done it. I said, hey, you ever hear that story about that wild, crazy guy that lived up in the tombs up there in the hill and then ran around and people tried to confine him and tie him up and he's naked and ran around, ah, freaked everybody out and did all kinds of crazy stuff. And everybody was afraid of him. Nobody wanted to go up there. They go, yeah, I wonder what ever happened to him. That's <laughs> ah, me. Me, I'm him. I'm the guy. Ah, yeah, that's me. I used to do that. that is, do you know what happened? Jesus. I met Jesus, and, he, and, he, and those demons came out of me, ran in them pigs, went down in the thing, kicked Jesus out. But let me tell you, I've been set free. Hallelujah. And so when Jesus returned, it said everybody from the whole region came out and received him because of one man who took the limits of what's inside of you. What's God put inside of you? Is there a city inside of you? If you read the rest of, of, of the book of Acts, in chapter 8, you find Philip went to a city. Then after Peter and John came, the Holy Spirit tells him to go to another region. And as he gets over there, here's one man in a chariot reading from Isaiah. He's an Ethiopian eunuch, so he's wealthy enough to have a copy of the scriptures. And he's reading out of Isaiah of Jesus as a lamb being led to the slaughter. And the Holy Spirit said, go, go ask him if he understands what he's reading. And he goes in and says, do you understand? He says, how can I unless somebody explains it? So Philip preaches Christ to him. And he goes from reaching a city to reaching one man. But there was more than a city in that man. That, that one man was an Ethiopian eunuch. He was a man of prominence. And he went back and he took the gospel back to Ethiopia. And his conversion be, introduced the gospel into northern Africa that spread out all the way out through that continent. So you never know. We, we keep waiting. Well, I, I'm going to reach a city. I'm going to reach a city. Why not reach just one person that has a nation inside of them? Do you understand that? So, so many times, take the limits off of how you think, of how God works in your life. There's sometimes when he'll use you to, to do great things. There's other times when he'll use you because he knows what's inside of that person that you're going to read. But he needs you to take the limits off and have the faith to go and speak to them and help them receive the truth. Are you listening to me this morning? Come on, take the limits off. Shout amen, somebody. Think about it. So what about today? Today, God will save you, heal you, deliver you, and fill you with the Holy Spirit. That's all that happened to Philip. He just got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. I love these young people. Man, I got that. I love the, the one little girl. What was the little girl that got up? I wasn't going to go, and then the Holy Spirit said, you need to get up there. So I, look, look, she said, so I went. <laughs> Holy Spirit's been telling some of you guys, you're just going, ain't going. I don't care what you say. All right, moving right along. But she just got up by faith, said, hey, I, okay, I'll go. Gets back down, and listen, gets down, gets filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized the Holy Ghost, and then starts praying with, with other people. And right away gets filled, and God starts using, experiences the power of God. Amen? Amen. 
Come on, take the limits off. Just The Bible says, Jesus said, except you become as a child. Get past the limit of your mindset. Get past The hardest people to get to move for God is you. Because you live under more peer pressure than any teenager ever thought of. Well, man, I have an image to keep up. Glory to God. No, you don't. We know you. We know who you really are. Amen? Come on. Just go ahead. You're faking it, and you're not going to make it anyway. So just go ahead and get in there. Amen? Hallelujah. Think about it. The same God that changed, equipped, and empowered Philip is here in our city today. The same joy that touched their life is available to you today as the worship team comes back. Sean said, maybe you're here as family. Maybe, maybe you came today. God set you up because you're family. And somebody, you're related to one of these young people that gave their life to the Lord or gave their testimony today. And God's been trying to reach you. So through the life of a young person, he got you here today. So he could tell you about his limitless love for you. And tell you that he sees greater things in you than you've ever seen in yourself. Think about the woman at the well. I, I, I just keep thinking about her. Went there to gather water had no idea what was inside of her. Had no idea what was inside of her. And after a brief encounter with Christ, His amazing grace reaching her life, she leaves her water pot, goes back to the city. And the anointing of God upon her life, from that moment, she walks up to the gates of the city and says, come and see a man who told me everything about my life. Could this be the Christ? And the anointing. See, we discredit the anointing. That anointing that flows with obedience caused a whole city to come out and hear him and receive him. What does God see on the inside of you? Great things. Great things. For those of us today who are saved filled with the Holy Spirit we need to remember that God will use still use a man or a woman anyone who is willing to reach a city and at times just one more the message of joy has never changed it never will it just needs somebody to preach it there's somebody that needs to hear you share with them the message of joy what about the city our city is just like Samaria there's lots of hurting people who will receive the message if we'll tell them what about the results? They'll always be the same. The Lord will confirm his word with signs following. Like the woman in Philip, the Lord knows what's on the inside of you. My question is, do you? Amen. Say this with me. I think I'll serve the Lord. And see what happens. Think about that. Just get up every day. Say, you know what? I think I'll serve the Lord. See what happens. I shared it in first service. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, hey, let's go see what happens when we step out. God's not restrained to save by many or few. Some of you have been fighting, resisting. Come on, just choose to serve the Lord and see what happens. Maybe like me, maybe you've had that encounter where, where, where you're serving God, you're giving everything you have, you're pouring yourself out trying to help people, and then the person that you help says, hey, <laughs> you need to go away. <laughs> I said, what? 
And then you just hold on to your joy, worship God anyway. And then God says, hey, come over here. Amen? There, there'll always be, the Holy Spirit, when there's rejection in one place, the Holy Spirit will say, hey, come over here. Amen? And you'll find God lead you to the next opportunity when you take the limits off. So step out in faith. Trust the Holy Spirit. Stir up a holy curiosity to see what would happen if you took the limits off. Would you stand with me this morning?